In this episode of the Advanced Selling Podcast, Bill gets saved by a client with exceptional car battery knowledge. I give you a way to assess if you're a professional visitor, and we talk about the science of motivation. Welcome back to the Advanced Selling Podcast. See how I got that in there. Yep. My name is Bill Kasky. My name is Brian Neal. And we come at you every Monday morning, and we are glad that you're a listener, and we do appreciate it. The only way this thing has grown like it has over the past few years is because of people like you. So we thank you for passing this on to your colleagues and friends and customers and all that stuff. So thank you. Uh, we're on the road. If you'd like us to come visit you, send us an email, listener at advancedsellingpodcast.com. Put in the subject line, come see us. Uh, Bill just got back, I think, from a gig, and uh, I'm heading down uh, for a gig here in a little bit uh, to Hotlanta. I believe I'll be down there. Good. So uh, send us an email, listener at advancedsellingpodcast.com. Great, great time. Uh, good events, fun things to do. Yeah, we had a good time. We went up to uh, yep. South Bend here, Indiana, and talked, uh, spoke to a group. Uh, I don't know if I should say the name. but anyways, Probably not. Brian, Troy, Amy, Terry, Eric, a uh, whole bunch of uh, really good people. We had a great time. And the funny thing is I came out after the day was over, yeah. got in my car or was getting into my car to head back to Indy, which is about a two and a half hour trip. Yeah. And the battery was no, dead on my really? car. And so I'm like, and everybody had left. Everybody left the building because <laughs> they were going to a, a, a minor league baseball game that night. It was a beautiful night. And, yeah. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, there's no, there's no dealership uh, with my car up there. So I went back in <laughs> and this very nice lady named Sarah, who was in the training, I said, uh, hey, can you take me to CVS to get a battery? Because I thought it was the battery oh, of the my remote. Fob. Right. Yeah. And uh, she goes, yeah, let, let's go out and take a look first. I was a Ford Motor Company engineer in a previous <laughs> life. Well, she's only like 20, <laughs> 29 years old, so a previous life. And she knew, I mean, she was awesome. She knew exactly. She goes, well, I'll tell you a problem. You left your lights on. I'm like, no, I didn't because my lights go off automatically. <laughs> no, not when it's turned that way. And I'm like, well, how did it get turned that way? Keep so she was great. And uh, we ended up getting back on the road, had to jump the car and uh, <laughs> no problem since. But thanks, Sarah, for your help. That's a good story. It's Listen. great when you ask someone and they know what the hell they're doing. They don't it, just say, well, I, I don't know. It's also great when you're like, did you leave your lights on? Uh-uh. No, I didn't. Are you sure? Yeah, positive. Yeah, they, they turn off automatically, as one of these luxury cars do. And then she says, no, and not they're trying the, to be nice. Not on the 2010 to 2013 5 Series, they don't. Okay. So before we get into our topic today, Brian, uh, we all know that CenturyLink is an awesome sponsor of our show. And if you are looking to restart your career with a company that is digitally transforming the world, then CenturyLink and Level 3 might be the ticket for you. The new CenturyLink is hiring sales experts nationwide. If you're a top sales performer and you want more out of this year than years past, CenturyLink is a key to ascending your career to record levels. Take the first step, visit CenturyLink.com slash advanced selling and join the talent community. A member of their team will be in touch soon to discuss your future. Once again, CenturyLink.com forward slash advanced selling. Beautiful. Okay, topic today. We're going to talk about something we don't think we've talked about on the show ever. Now we've got, what are we at, 600 episodes 600 or something like that? Some, Lots of episodes. Yeah. So I bet someone could we? find 
a place where we did, but we don't think we did. Or maybe we've just forgotten about it. We're going on our 13th year. Like every 10 years, you well, forget we, about what you did. Well, you do. Only forget about it three weeks ago. I'm sure that somewhere <laughs> nine years ago, there was something. Well, um, we, we have a question. Do you want me to read let's do the it. question? Yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, this came from uh, Michael. He says, I enjoy your shows, and uh, it gives me plenty of ideas to use with my sales team. And we get that a lot from sales leaders and sales managers, so that's good. Thank you. I'd like to ask for your comments on sales incentives. Having tried annual awards, monthly recognition, and ad hoc recognition programs, I'm interested in your thoughts. I found large annual awards motivate a few higher achievers, but can demotivate others. Monthly awards can become challenging as the same group of people can appear on a regular cycle. Ad hoc awards maybe lack the wow factor. Have you seen something that works more broadly, of course, across the sales organization? And the organization spell with an S, so I presume he's British. <laughs> or Canadian. Or Australian. Or Canadian. Or Canadian. Or better said, not American. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, really good topic on uh, motivation, uh, something we don't know that we've talked about. And... There's some misconceptions, Bill and I believe, I think we believe, that there are some misconceptions in what motivates people and how to motivate salespeople. And we're also going to talk about a tool that Bill and I use here in a bit that uh, we found to be super, super valuable to help you understand this better. What do you think the biggest uh, mystery is to motivation? What's the biggest miss? I have misconception number one, in my opinion. Misconception number one is the assumption that all salespeople are motivated by money. Do you have that down? Mm-hmm. Money. Da, 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 da. See, we do that. We have, mm-hmm. And Travis is in the room. Our uh, crack producer, Travis, God, he knows. Travis, we don't talk. Right there. We do this prep. We write it down. Mm-hmm. It's funny how that works. Yeah, every sales leader, uh, even I think if they don't believe it, they think they're supposed to believe that all salespeople are motivated by money. And they're just not. I mean, we, we, and we have with the tool that we use, we have statistical proof that they're not. Um, but that to me is the number one misconception. If I just put a spiff out there, if I just put, you know, a contest or if I just put the right comp plan in front of everybody, everybody's going to chase a dollar. I would propose that being motivated by money and, and we will talk about there, there, you're never motivated by one thing. It's always many things, but I would suggest that that's almost a disadvantage in large ticket selling today, because if, if the selling cycle is longer You'd better mo- be, be motivated by things along the way than just by the end check that you're going to get. Always. So I think in many ways it can be harmful. Yes. Uh, and I think uh, designing the whole th- process around that. So if you're a sales leader and you're listening to this, or if you're a salesperson and you think your sales leader needs to listen to this, you need to forward this episode to them, is designing the whole thing around comp. I think, same deal, Bill. I think it's, I'm just saying what you're saying is uh, could be a real, real problem. Because uh, then people will behave accordingly because all they have in front of them is a way to try to make money. And then they'll put that pressure on their prospects. And that's right. what I think causes right. people to shut down and people can tell uh, just is not a good thing. So here's a, if you are interested in this topic, and, and I would suggest every leader who's listening, go to YouTube and search for Daniel Pink TED Talk. Daniel Pink TED Talk. He's done several, but he did one on motivation. Yeah. And it's really good. It and is. Pink, uh, I like him. He does a lot of stuff, but it's all data related. So yeah. it's not just his opinion. No. He's gone out and he's done research and he's bought research and he's really good at this. So, And he will tell you that what we think about motivation is wrong. Yep. Almost everything we think about it is wrong. And uh, so if you're interested in this topic, I would go uh, search on Daniel Pink. He wrote a book called To Sell as Human. Mm-hmm. He's written several books on uh, emotional intelligence, et cetera. 
TED I talk. think his TED Talk is one of the top 20 of all time. It I could think, be. The one you're talking about. It the could be. One, I yeah. think it is. Uh, okay, so let's talk about what to do. So we're going to talk to both uh, sets of listeners here. We're going to talk to the manager group. And we're going to talk to the salespeople group a little bit. Talk about how to foot this whole um, concept of motivation uh, into your current world. Uh, and Bill and I use a tool, an assessment tool, to help us with this. And, and uh, I'll speak for myself, and Bill, I think you would agree. All my clients have been through this. So it's kind of a mandatory thing to work with us. You go through this assessment. You take this assessment. It, it hones it in your, on your core motivations. And there are uh, 10 of these elements, I believe. We're going to talk about a couple of them today. Uh, but almost always, the, both the team members and the manager will tell you it's game-changing because they are um, completely surprised in some level by what results that they see. Where they thought a person was motivated by this, and really they're not at all, and they're motivated by that. And right. They did not see it. Once that's in place... You can design your compensation structure, not just your money compensation structure, but all the things you do from re reward to recognition, things like that, uh, almost down to the individual, Absolutely. which makes people stick around and love what they do and not turn over, which is a huge problem for salespeople. So, um, and we're going to offer too, we'll mention this again, Bill and I will offer you, if you are interested in getting your sales team assessed for motivation to really see with science and data what motivates them, you send us an email, listeneradvancedsellingpodcast.com, and put in the subject line feedback, feedback, and Bill and I will get with you. We'll talk about the uh, economics of that and how that process works. All of our clients would say it's yeah, yeah, a it's must good. do. That's so. good. Well, so let's go through yeah. uh, a handful of these areas. Yeah. And like Brian said, there's nine or 10 areas that deal with motivation. And uh, I, we've got five here that we want to talk about, three that we want to be more specific For about. Sure. And yep. so as you're listening, if you're a sales professional listening and you've never had a test like this administered or any kind of assessment, then just do a mental check here and say, okay, Bill says this, are, are we, are we, am I really motivated by that? Yes. And sometimes you think you are and you aren't vice versa, but just if nothing else, pay attention here for the next few minutes. Absolutely. So the uh, five areas that we're going to talk about today that are basic human motivational areas. Number one is recognition. So I'll go mm -hmm. through five and then we'll yeah, come sure. back. And number one is recognition. That's that notion that you are recognized for your work. Yep. You're acknowledged and recognized. Number two is power, which means you have the power to create your own future. It doesn't mean you're the boss. Mm -hmm. It means that you want to have control over your own destiny. Yep. Number three is affiliation. You need to be a part of a team that really inspires you. Number four is commerce, which is money. Yep. And number five is security. Um, yeah, number five is security, which is how do you do with uncertainty and do you really need everything in place or are you able to do it with a lot of vagueness? I mean, are you okay with uncertainty really yes. is the essence of that. Yep. So we're going to talk about a few. We're going to talk about first off recognition. Yes. And so why don't you why don't you give me your thoughts on how to. you think this fits into sales motivation? Yeah. And so this is a tool that we use uh, that 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 measures this and says how how motivated is someone by recognition? That's being uh, seen uh, as important by other people, uh, getting their name called up on a stage, uh, being put it, put their name on a plaque, salesperson of the year, special parking spot, those sorts of things. That's recognition. This comes in the form both of formal, like I just mentioned. So we're going to have the salesperson of the month. We're going to have a plaque, take a picture, do that sort of thing. It comes informal, too, where there's recognition within the team where say, Bill, great job on this month. You were salesperson of the month. Good job. And everybody claps. And that's the thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, this is um, uh, something that you can ask. And we're, I'm going to give you a question, managers. I'm going to give you a question. Where you can talk about these things. Um, 
you can ask an interview if you want to kind of back of the napkin this thing without assessing someone full on. You can say, okay, you have to pick one of these as your core motive. If you have a good month, would you want me to pay you? Uh, put your name up on a sign and bring you up on stage and have everybody clap for you or uh, give you a day off so you can take a trip somewhere or something like that. Mm -hmm. You have mm -hmm. to pick one. You can't pick any there too. You'll be amazed at how many people won't pick the money. Mm -hmm. They'll say, you know, I really like getting recognized by my peers, that sort of thing. So that's what you're listening for in this recognition thing is you're saying, people are saying, I really like to be um, called out for being great um, when, when I am great. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's what, that's what recognition means. The only danger there, what, would, would you see a danger in someone feeling like, well, I better say money? Because it, it, like I, I would, in a, in a, especially totally. in an interview, I would say what I think he wants to hear, which you actually even said that yes. that is a danger. That's a problem. Yeah. yeah. So it's up to the interviewer to, to, to make it okay. Yeah. yeah. Say, yeah. hey, we, and we've got a good way to do that. As you say, we've got a sales team of 15. Um, they all for some of them all land in these categories. Yeah. You know what I mean? That we've got we've got a group that's high over here, group high over here. I like that. There. Yeah, yeah. Something yeah, gives like them that. permission, give them space yeah. to be in it. Uh, here's one notion I had on recognition: make sure you're not only recognizing the result, but you're recognizing mm -hmm. the process on that's the good. way to the result. So, if a, one of your people has an awesome month in terms of proposal writing, or they they did something that was over and above, but they didn't get any business from it, yeah. still recognize them. That's great. Um, I listened to Bob Bowman, who was Michael Phelps's coach, uh, swim coach for 20 years, and he was talking on a podcast the other day, and he's and the podcast host said, "What's the one thing that people should take away from this interview about high performance and how to coach high performance?" He goes, "It's real easy. It's all about the process. It's never about the outcome." Mm. And mm. yet, leaders we tend to overemphasize the outcome, yes, because it's so it's so visible and it's so black and white. But yes. so you leaders who are recognizing your people, make sure you recognize and process things too. Yes. Also recognize when you're doing recognition, you can also take money from the bank uh, in a bad way by putting someone down or highlighting something negatively that they've yeah. done or stripping them of a title or a role or something like that. Uh, they will feel very, very um, unfulfilled if you call someone out in front of a group who's a high recognition type person. They do not like that. <laughs> That's a whole nother. It is whole nother podcast. Okay, number two is power, yep. and as I said earlier, it's the idea that people who are motivated by power need to have a need to think about their lives as having destiny over the control over. They want to be an architect of their own success. Yes, um, it also could mean though that, like for example, if you put a a sales professional in a in a territory that is um, not well prospected yet. It's like a virgin territory. A person who is high power, you need a person who's high power in that territory. Yes. Because uh, they want to control their own destiny. If it's, if it's a territory where everybody's already buying and there's really nothing to do, you don't want a high power person there because they're not, they're not really in control. Correct. Yeah. And you'll see cues of this. If you, if you have a high power person on your team, or if you are one, you'll notice yourself asking for places asking yeah, for territories yeah. or they'll want more commission av availability or even sometimes bill said it's not power's not necessarily about being the boss sometimes it is about career pathing though it is where people say yeah. hey i want to i want to see i want to climb and go and do other things and that sort of thing they want to feel like they've got control of it not restricted so rate yourself if you believe that you're high, uh, high in power 
then the question you have to ask yourself is, am I in a position that allows me to yeah. exert that? Yeah. And if the person, if your manager is always saying, oh, no, Brian, you can't, don't you do any, you do exactly what I say. Don't deviate at all from this plan. You may be in the wrong place. Yes. You may be. Yes. So um, you have to ask yourself these questions as we go through these. Am I that kind of person? And is my situation congruent with that? No doubt. No doubt. Okay, number three, yeah. uh, affiliation. Yep. That's the idea that you are motivated by being on a team, around people, back and forth. Now, I know a lot of sales organizations, it can become very siloed. So you have a territory in the southern half of the country. I have one in the north. And in a way, we're kind of competing mm -hmm. in some ways. But if you're a sales leader who has a lot of high affiliate people, high affiliation people, make sure you involve them in each other's business. And yes. maybe it's best practices. Maybe it's uh, coming together to work on certain projects. Yeah. But you've got to figure out a way to help them affiliate with each other. Yes. The reason our clients love this process so much, both the managers and the team, it puts everyone uh, underneath the heading of common language and uh, common philosophy. So everyone knows these things. Once everyone knows them, you can govern yourself around the team that you have, and it's no longer opinion anymore. It's fact. So to your on the other side of this, on affiliation, if you have a team that is low affiliation and you have half-day sales meetings every week, your team's going to be miserable because they don't need and want to be together necessarily. Yeah. And so you make quick teams. You don't call them all in. They don't, they don't have that need. And if they do, then you need to do that. So on the other side, if you have a high affiliation group and uh, you're not having group outings, they're going to feel disconnected yeah. and they're all going to like, you know, self-form on their own and that sort of thing and talk about you as the boss. So if you're sitting listening to this going, yeah, man, my, you know, I really want our group to get together and we just don't get together. You're probably high in affiliation, probably a good thing to share with your Absolutely. boss. Take the lead on doing that and getting it together. It's a really good thing. So here's one thing culturally that is difficult because a lot of sales professionals are high affiliation. They're, they're yes. verbal, they're enthusiastic, yes. they're eager, and they're outgoing. And then we have a virtual sales force and you have Phoenix and you don't have anybody within a thousand miles of you. We've no. got 30 people around the country that do what you do, but there's no affiliation for you. So if you're in a virtual sales community where everybody's out and about doing their own thing and you don't come together every yep. night, you might have a little issue there. And if you're on the phone all day or squirreled away in a, in a you know, fluorescent light uh, box <laughs> trying to figure out how to, you, 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 it, might, it will drive you crazy. And it takes its toll too. It does. My wife has, she has very high affiliation and she works from home oh. and she's on calls all day. But, but that's, that's different than being in an office where you're Correct. touching yeah. Yeah. Yes, and Touching you'll see each other. That's uh, right. Good. He's sitting right next to each other, elbow to elbow. <laughs> a yeah, call center. It's a group chain. Um, the other thing you'll you'll see with affiliation is um, on the when it gets too strong, when the affiliation is too high, you'll have what I call the professional visitor. So that's the person who in the morning used to work with one of these. He would go cube to cube with his coffee mug, and hey, he'd be like, "Hey, hey Mara, how was the weekend? Good, Bob. How was yours? Good. Yeah, did some things with the grandkids. Okay, I'm good. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. Then he'd go to the next cube. Hey, Bill." <laughs> How was your weekend? He's a, and then by the time 11.30 came along, it was time for lunch. So he'd round everybody up <laughs> to go to lunch. Right, you know what I mean? for lunch. Exactly. Uh, so those are professional so visitors. True. All of you are laughing because you know who the professional well, visitors I, are in I, your office, and you might be one. I probably was guilty of that. <laughs> okay, number four, commerce. This is the heavy hitter here. It's yeah. the one that Brian and I said at the beginning of the podcast that a lot of times we just default to thinking that everybody's motivated by money yes. or commerce. They're not. Uh, in fact, I think Hogan, the, the people who um, author this study that we're talking about in this assessment, talks about the 
I don't know, I, the percentage of the highest performing salespeople that are motivated by money, and it's a lot lower than what you think. It's it like is. less than 50%. I think, it's, I think it is. I think it's just at 50. Yeah. And I would say on my own clients too, that's about right. Yeah. I have about half the clients who have commerce in a have-to-have category yeah. where it's a, it's a high-level need for them. Yeah. Uh, most of them are in the middle or low. It's very, very counterintuitive to what we think as it's, sales leaders and salespeople. Yep, yep. So if you're a sales professional and you're maybe in the interview process, maybe you're looking for a new position, don't waltz in and talk about how motivated by money you are because the people who you're talking to may be on to you. Yep. They, they maybe understand more of this, how motivation is complex and it's never one thing. And uh, motivated by money is not all it's cracked up to be. So uh, it's great to be... To, for, to have that be one of your many, yeah, but not the only one. This is one that I, when I self-assessed, was wrong. I had money really high for me, and it's actually, there are three categories, have to have, nice to have, and take it or leave it. Uh, money wound up just in the take it or leave it for me, which is the lowest, which mm-hmm. surprised me. What I realized was there's another element that we weren't planning on talking today that I use money for to fuel. It's called hedonism. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It's like going on trips and things. That's why I want money. And so you got to be real clear on what all of us need money, but for why. Some people need it for security. Some need it for um, uh, altruism, for giving back or whatever. Um, so these, these are can tether together a little bit. It's, it's oftentimes, like we said earlier, not money for the sake of money. Yeah, though. it's good. Good. Okay. And the fifth and final one that we're going to talk about today, although Brian did uh, mention a couple others. <laughs> uh, he kind of secretly dropped those in, didn't I? He revealed a couple of uh, The fifth one that we have here is security. And that is the motivation that everything has to be in place and secure and safe and traditional. Yeah. And if, um, once again, if you're a, I've had some CEOs hire leaders and we typically put them through this, the paces here in this process. And if you are a leader who has a lot of uh, upside commission possibility and you're a high security person, sometimes yep. those do not fit. That mm-hmm. does not fit. Or on the other hand, if you're low security, uh, or you need, I'm sorry, you need security and the position is is not a secure position, or it's there's a lot of upheaval inside the company, you'll find a, mis, a, a misfit or a misconnect. So lots of things can happen in the security area. What have you seen? If you have high security people on your team, they will be most concerned with do, are there are there is their job okay, um, and so whatever behavior they do or outcomes they get, you paying attention to both of those. They're going to want to make sure, boss, am I okay? Am I okay? They need reassured by the boss a lot that I'm, mm-hmm. you know, am I okay? Yeah. Am I doing a good? Okay, like can I come back for another day, sort of thing. Um, and on the opposite side, if they start to feel the world move underneath them. Uh, they'll typically uh, make, make a move. They'll, they'll yeah, put a resume they together scared. because yep. yeah, they get scared and they want to solidify their thing uh, until they go somewhere where they feel more secure. Um, let's, let's talk about how a person can get access to this really quickly because this is something Brian and I just hatched as we were doing the show notes or, or the pre-show stuff and we wanted to give sales leaders of teams a chance to get this if yes. you're interested. It's probably more of a team thing than it is an individual thing. It is for sure. So yeah. how do you want to work at that? Yeah, so the, the deal is, so if you're a sales manager and you'd like to assess your team on with statistics, not with opinions, on what motivates them, uh, send us an email, listener at advancedsellingpodcast.com, put it in the subject line feedback, 
and Bill or I will get in touch with you and talk to you about the process to do that. If you're a salesperson and you're thinking, I'd love to do this, but I don't know if my manager will let us, do the same thing, but introduce us to your manager yep. then. So copy your manager on the email to listeneradvancedsellingpodcast.com, put in the subject line feedback, and then we'll pick it up with your manager, your VP of sales, or that sort of thing. Because we're not going to individually, it's nice to know, but it's not uh, not really possible to you know do 100,000 of these things, which I know if we opened the gates to everybody, we'd have 100,000 phone calls. So yeah. it's just too much. So the the way that they start the process is send us an email with the word feedback in the subject line yep. to listener at advanced selling podcast. One of us or somebody will get back with you yep. with kind of the overview of how it works. Exactly. Yep. And it's a, again our teams that work with, that work with us uh, on an ongoing basis would tell you uh, one of the best things they have ever done uh, makes great great um, gives you a great chance to not just assess but also to make tweaks to yes. how you operate and that sort of thing puts everyone on common ground takes that turnover thing is not negligible takes it out but you at least know now what's going on it's just a really great tool to use yeah so once again you can send us any question that you have if you have uh, something that you're fuming about that's uh, frustrating you you can send us an email to listener at advancedsellingpodcast.com prefer that you send us the voice memo and then we'll get you on and send you a little gift in exchange for that but you can also answer ask us a question via email too so that concludes this episode of the uh, advanced selling podcast see you next time bye